Hello, I'm Alec, and this is Scandal 101. Hello, and happy whatever day it is for you. This past week has been really busy. I went to a graduation, a memorial service, I moved in with my boyfriend, and now my family is visiting, so it is quite a week. I hope you're doing well. Yeah, I'm done with school also. I finished my first year of law school. That's exciting, and it's super nice to be done. I was just reading an article for a scandal update, and this one is pretty horrible. It has to do with Dublin, California, and there are around 25 managers at the federal prison in Dublin who are getting reassigned rather than fired because they are involved in a sex scandal, and this involves those prison staff sexually assaulting or raping different members of the prison. So instead of being fired, they're just being reassigned, which is not a solution to the problem. It's only going to perpetuate it to wherever those new people go. Why they're not being fired, I don't know, but they are being reassigned. So that's a real thing, and it's horrifying. So that is what is going on in the world on top of everything else. There's a lot going on. The sources I used for this episode, I used three BBC articles from 2003. I used a transcript of messages between Armin Moise and BJ Brandis, an NBC article by Andy Eckhart, a Guardian article by Luke Harding, a Lad Bible article by Jake Massey, and then a Wikipedia page. This episode I'm going to give a disclaimer about before we dive in. It involves cannibalism, as you could see from the title, and I do talk about some pretty graphic stuff if you are not into hearing about those kind of things. I've listened to so many true crime things and morbid podcasts that I'm very desensitized to it, so it doesn't bother me to talk about it, but I talk about cannibalism and all that stuff in this episode, so if that stuff makes you squeamish, this may not be the episode for you. I will give a disclaimer for when I'm going to talk about it in the episode as well, but I just wanted to give you that before we start that this episode is going to have some pretty graphic stuff in it. Okay, and with that, we are going to dive in. This episode I titled Consenting to Cannibalism, German Cannibal Armin Mewais. I looked up the pronunciation for his last name, and I found about five different things in different videos, and Google Translate or Google, Google pronunciation gave me something else. So I'm probably butchering his last name, but we're just going to call him Armin. Armin, our main character, let's get to know him a little bit. He was born on December 1st, 1961 in Essen, West Germany. He was abandoned by his father when he was eight years old, so then he was raised by his mother. Later in life, he would tell police experts that he felt, quote, very lonesome after the family had fallen apart, end quote. He also told police experts that he developed a desire for cannibalism when he was little. 
and it had to do something with the tale of Hansel and Gretel. And if you don't remember that little fun nighttime story for children, that is where Hansel and Gretel, they find, I think it's like a gingerbread cabin in the woods. And then the witch or whoever lives in there tries to eat them or shoves them in the oven. That's Hansel and Gretel, and it's fun to know that that kind of inspired a cannibal, so that is exciting. That, of course, is not the only thing, though, that inspired him, because many people, including myself, have heard the story of Hansel and Gretel, and they did not become cannibals. He also witnessed animals being slaughtered, and eventually he witnessed it so much that it just became normal to him, and it also became part of his sexual fantasies. Later in life, he identifies as bisexual, which doesn't necessarily have a lot to do with the story, other than the fact that because cannibalism is part of his sexual, or potentially part of his motive, the sexually driven aspect of cannibalism, the fact that he's bisexual then allows him to have the opportunity to eat men and women, not just women or not just men. So being bisexual really only has to do with the possibility of him having more potential human food. (laughs) Okay. Armin, he grew up and he was a computer repair tech when he was adult and he seemed to be living a pretty normal life. He was a good neighbor, he had a girlfriend, and he was a good neighbor. Neighbors described him as someone who mowed their lawn, invited them over for dinner, and repaired their car. So overall, it seems like from an outside perspective, he was someone that most people I think would want to live next to. He offered to help out, fix cars. Um, That was one thing my dad and I always did well my dad and all of us I'm one of five children but whenever we would be shoveling the driveway in the winter our neighbor was a crime scene investigator or did something with crime scenes and she would often work nights so we would shovel her driveway and her sidewalk with the snow because Midwest snow is horrible to deal with, especially if it gets piled up too high. So we often try to help her out and just be nice neighbors. So if you're a neighbor, be a nice neighbor because it's greatly appreciated. The perception of Armin to his neighbors being normal would change when he was arrested in December of 2002. So what led up to his arrest? Let's talk about it. As Armin said later on in his life, which we already talked about, he had developed cannibalistic desires starting when he was young. And luckily for Armin, there was something that was invented that would help bring people together and connect them with people with all types of interests. The internet. In March of 2001, Armin posted an advertisement online that said the following. Quote, young, well-built man who wants to be eaten, end quote. He was seeking that out, a young, well-built man who wanted to be eaten. Now you may be thinking, who in the world would reply to this? And I have an answer for you. Someone named Burned Brandies. Armin had become involved in internet chat rooms that had the main focus with death and cannibalism, and 
the internet, <laughs> as we can see here, it really does provide endless opportunities to connect with like-minded people. Burned, the message, the person that Armin messaged online, Burned responded to Armin's advertisement and they started messaging back and forth. And I'm going to read some of the messages back and forth. Burned had a username on the site named Kator99 and Armin had the name Antrophagus. The transcript is translated from German, so if it's a little weird grammatically, that's why. So I am going to start it off. Burned says the first message, and then each line it alternates. So instead of saying who says what, I'll say it for the first couple, but then you get the gist. Burned says hello. Armin says, hi, Kator. What do you do professionally that you are up so late at night? Burn says, I can't sleep well anymore because of our meeting. Armin says, that's a sensible reason. Yesterday, I was incredibly tired. It was a stressful day. I'm in telecommunications. Oh, that sounds interesting. I believe you. I'm looking forward to our meeting. It will definitely be really cool. I want it to be. I hope it'll be really cool. Are you setting an alarm clock? It's only a few days until March 9th. Still, I would have rather met you yesterday and felt your teeth. Armin says, one can't have everything. There's still some time before you can feel my teeth. Burn says, I hardly know what to expect. Have you slaughtered a man before? Armin says, unfortunately, only in my dreams, but in my thoughts, I do it every night. So I'm the first? You have eaten human flesh before, or you haven't. No, you don't exactly find it in the supermarket, unfortunately. How do you know if it will taste good to you, or that the blood won't make you sick? I'm readying myself with my dreams. Once I was so excited, I grabbed a needle and drew my own blood so I could drink it. And your blood, it tasted good to you? It was quite tasty. Once I was drilling some holes, and the drill slipped into my right hand, that was a real treat. Blood is the juice of life. It contains everything a person needs for nutrition. Then I hope you won't wilt, that you can really see it through without a problem. This next line comes from Armin, and it starts to get a little graphic, just so you know. To bite into your penis will certainly not be easy. Living flesh is somewhat more resilient than fried. But one thing is certain, our dream will be fulfilled. Burns says, but there's not so much in it as there is muscle. Armin says, yeah, but the penis is principally a spongy material filled with blood. Burns says, for both of our sakes, I hope that's true. I hope you have already thought about what's to be done with the rest. Fulfilling your dream shouldn't become a nightmare for you. No one will know where I've disappeared to. Armin says, After you're dead, I'll take you out and expertly carve you up. Except for a pair of knees and some fleshy trash, skin, cartilage, tendons, there won't be much of you left. Burn says, There will be a good bit, like the knees. I hope you have a good hiding place for them. I'll dry out the knees and grind them up soon after. Okay, they're as good as fertilizer. I heard that once. I see you've thought about this. Good. Sounds like I'm the first. Armin says, And you won't be the last, hopefully. I've already considered catching a young person from the street, but I would rather kill only those who want to be killed. That also doesn't sound bad. But yeah, seeing as it's not so totally legal, this in my eyes is better than yanking somebody directly off the street. And Armin ends it with, Exactly. I'd do it. If it were legal. End quote. So as we can tell from this conversation, Armin was clearly seeking out someone to eat, and Burned responded to his message, not only being willing 
to be eaten, but also was seemingly willing and accepting to die to fulfill Armin's dream. And it was, and it came out that Burned was sexually motivated from what I could find to be eaten, like that was something he wanted. And Armin clearly wanted to eat somebody, so they truly were a match made in heaven. These two, they're just vibing, talking, agreeing, and they eventually agree to meet up and live out their cannibalism experience. On the evening of March 9th, 2001, Burned goes over to Armin's house and they go up to Armin's bedroom. Here's where the real graphic stuff is. So if you've made it this far, but you're about to keel over and barf it up, you might want to peace out. But if you're still with me, let's get into it. When Byrne got there, Byrne took about 20 sleeping pills and drank about half a bottle of cough syrup. This was likely to have the effect of slowing his breathing and making him extremely tired. The men had agreed that they were going to amputate Byrne's penis and the two were going to try and eat it together. And yes, this was a mutual agreement. It was consensual from both sides. Burned originally had said that Armin should try and bite Burn's penis off, but it didn't work, so eventually Armin grabbed a knife and cut it off. Burned tried to eat some of his own penis raw, yes, his own penis, but it was too tough and it was said that it was, quote, chewy, end quote. Since eating the penis raw wasn't working, Armin then grabbed a pan and fried it. He used salt, pepper, wine, and garlic. He tried to fry it with some of Burns' fat, but at that point, it was too burnt to be eaten, and Armin, being the eco-friendly guy he is, he chopped it up and gave it to his dog, because waste not, want not, reduce, reuse, recycle, here we go. Now you may be asking yourself, how is all of this known? Because presumably getting a pretty important organ chopped off your body and getting fat cut out of it is probably going to result in someone dying, so how are all of these details known? Luckily, or maybe unluckily for police officials, all of this was videotaped. The videotape has not been released to the public, thank goodness, but this was filmed on a, depending on the source you read, it's a two to four hour long video. Would I want to be the police investigator having to watch that? Absolutely not. As you can assume, when one gets their penis chopped off, there is a lot of blood loss. Armin, after cutting off and frying Burn's penis after all that had taken place, he then ran Burn a bath. While that was happening, Armin, I'm sure he was worn out because that's a lot of work, so he took some breaks to read a Star Trek book and would check in on Burn about every 15 minutes. Burned, to no surprise, was bleeding a lot in the bath. He was drifting in and out of consciousness before Burned eventually collapsed. And then, quote, after a long hesitation and prayer, Armin killed Burned by stabbing him in the throat, after which he hung the body on a meat hook. End quote. Armin also apparently kissed Burned before stabbing him. With this whole ordeal being caught on video and being recorded, it would eventually provide investigators with all of the details that they horrifyingly had to learn about. It was going to be a little while before the investigators and police found out about this because over time, and by over time I mean a period of 10 months, Armin dismembered and ate Burns' body. 
He stored the parts in his freezer and would eventually consume up to 44 pounds or 20 kilograms of flesh. Burned skull was buried in Armin's garden. Burned going missing, this isn't necessarily what tipped off police. The reason Armin got caught is because he was eventually discovered by going back online and searching for more individuals. Armin posted ads and eventually met up with five other men who responded to his ad. He did not kill any of the men that he met up with. Eventually, a student came across his ad, a college student came across his ad or his post in a chat room and alerted the German authorities, after which Armin was finally arrested in December of 2002. When the trial was getting ready to gear up, there was an interesting twist and one that Armin's defense would use to their advantage. Cannibalism was not recognized as an offense under German law. And it's also interesting because I'm pretty sure in the United States, cannibalism is also not a crime. There's not a crime for cannibalism. Obviously, murdering someone is a crime. Kidnapping someone is a crime. But just the act of cannibalism, as far as I know, is not illegal on the federal level. And I don't think it's outlawed in any states. I think there are also some things about like, improper disposal of a body and proper handling of remains so maybe that can kind of cover it but as far as i know the united states and at least germany at the time cannibalism was not illegal so because cannibalism was not illegal under german law at the time and i'm not sure if it is now his defense team would try to argue that since burned was a willing victim and since burned volunteered himself it wasn't a murder because remember from the chats that we read he was clearly ready to die he was clearly ready to be eaten and he consented to all of this and the video showed he consented the defense team with this argument was hoping for a sentence of up to five years but the prosecution they weren't having it they argued that this was clearly murder and that armin should be given a life sentence because of armin's dangerous nature Prosecutors also argued that what Armin did was sexually motivated, thus making him more dangerous to be potentially released if he got a lighter sentence. Prosecution, they're like, um, cut the BS. This guy's dangerous. He's sexually motivated. He killed and ate someone. We're not having it. Of course, when this case broke in the news, it was all anyone was talking about because not only was it a cannibal, but the cannibal was caught and his victim was seemingly a willing, consenting participant in everything. So as a society, just, you know, outside of the criminal justice system, how do we reckon with that? How do we reckon where someone is willing to die and be eaten, and someone eats the person? If both people are consenting, if both people are on board with it, how, how do we as a society feel about that? Before the trial started, Armin told a newspaper that, quote, I admit what I've done. I accept that I am guilty and regret my actions, end quote. He said that he thought that there were about 800 cannibals in Germany, and that's kind of based off of those chat rooms and what other people were desiring and wanting. He's like, oh, you think I'm the only one out there? Oh no, there's about 800 of us. Whether or not that's true, I don't know, but... He was thinking that there's about 800 out there, and I don't really see a reason why we shouldn't believe him. I don't know. I feel like he would probably know best, especially since he was on those chat rooms. 
The court would eventually hear 38 witnesses and there were 14 sessions for the trial scheduled. And during the trial, the testimony from Armin was apparently so explicit that it made people gasp in the gallery. Armin described in great detail how Burned wanted to be stabbed, Burned wanted to be dismembered, and he ensured that this could be done by drinking a lot of cough medicine to then be unconscious. Armin said during the trial, quote, With every piece of flesh I ate, I remembered him. I always wanted someone to be part of me. End quote. Even when Armin was describing the most graphic details, he remained calm, cool, and didn't show much emotion. He was evaluated by prison psychologists before the trial had started, and they said that he has a personality disorder and needed psychotherapy, but that he was not mentally ill and had, quote, sufficient self-control, end quote. I think that fact also, again, poses a question, how do we as a society deal with this, with people willing to be eaten, willing to potentially die and be killed, and people willing to be the killer. The trial concluded in January of 2004, and Armin was convicted of manslaughter and was sentenced to eight years and six months in prison. After he was sent to prison, he became a vegetarian. Only about a year after he was sentenced to prison, a German court ordered a retrial after prosecutors appealed Armin's case. They argued that he should have been convicted of murder and not manslaughter because he was motivated by sexual gratification, something that was apparently shown in the video. The Court of Appeals ruled that the original trial had ignored the significance of the video and the case was retried. At the retrial, it was stated by a psychologist that Armin could reoffend and that he, quote, still had fantasies about devouring the flesh of young people, end quote. Armin was then sentenced to life imprisonment in May of 2006 after being convicted of murder. The last update I could find about Armin was an article published in 2020 when it was revealed that Armin was allowed day trips out of prison to walk around town with officers. Armin was given a hat and sunglasses to hide his identity. He was always taken to a different state for security reasons, and he was always accompanied by two officers while walking around town. Armin's lawyer said that Armin was and has been a model prisoner who worked in the laundry room and attended church services. Quote, he's still friendly, outgoing, polite. Prison officials say that theoretically his door could be left open all day and nothing would happen. He's said to be absolutely manageable and to be one of the few prisoners with whom there are no problems. End quote. I've already mentioned that he became a vegetarian in prison, but a quote about that from another convict said that, quote, He finds the idea of factory farming as distasteful as his crime was. He now sticks to vegetarian dishes, end quote. With Armin becoming a vegetarian in prison, with Armin apparently being a model prisoner, allowing day trips with guards out of the prison to different states, that concludes consenting to cannibalism. German cannibal Armin Moiss. Different pronunciations in every video I looked up, but that concludes Armin's story. I've posed the question in this episode a couple of times, but how do we deal with people, groups of people, who some are willing to die, some are willing to be eaten, and the other people are willing to do the killing and willing to eat the other people. 
there's Marshall. But I think it is an interesting question and I don't really have a good answer for it because killing people is wrong. That's why we punish murderers, we punish people who kill other people, but generally the people who kill other people, the victims are not consenting. The victims are people who suffered a horrible death, who suffered pain, and not saying that people don't suffer pain who were potentially eaten and then killed, but if they're willing to do it, is that better? Is that, should we be okay with that? We, in some states, in the United States, allow doctor-assisted death, where if someone is dying of a terminal illness and they only have, like, a short time to live, like six months or a year, we usually allow doctors to help kill the patients with the patient's consent, assuming they're of sound mind. So if someone is willing to die and be eaten... Should we as a society be okay with that? And should we as a society let that happen? Or should we punish the people who do the killing and the eating because they still killed somebody? I don't know what the right answer is because obviously I would not want to be killed or not want to be eaten because I don't want that. But if I did want that and there was someone willing to do that for me, I think it would make me kind of mad if I knew that the person who was going to help me with that eventually was going to get punished. What do you think, Marshall? All right, you heard it first from Marshall. He said meow. So we're going to wrap the story up on that episode. Um, I did not do a personal scandal last week, so I am going to do two this episode. And um, if you want to send your personal scandal in to have it read on the podcast, send that to scandal101podcast at gmail.com. But with the scandals I am going to read this time, they're both actually having to do with different family secrets and scandals, and they're both kind of short, so it kind of works out that I'm doing two this week. One said that my great uncle died of AIDS in the 80s, and my family didn't realize he was gay until the movie Philadelphia came out. And the other one is pretty short, It just says, my brother is adopted. No one told us. It didn't change anything, but why not tell us? That is a good question. I think adoption is very complicated, and sometimes parents could worry that maybe the child won't see those their adopted parents as their parents anymore if the child knows that their biological parents are different. I don't know. Each family does it differently, and yeah. So thank you for sending those in. Again, if you want to send your personal scandal to have it read on the podcast, please send it to scandal101podcast at gmail.com. And it can be anything, family scandal, school scandal, work scandal, friends, family, family secrets, dark, whatever. It's all interesting. And with that, that concludes this episode. Thank you so much for listening. I'm going to post photos with this case on social media, on Instagram at Scandal101Podcast, on Twitter at Scandal101Pod, on Facebook, Scandal101Podcast. If you search it, you'll find it on there. The website is Scandal101Podcast.podbean.com. You can find the show notes there as well as in the episode description. And the email where you can send your personal scandal, I've said twice already, so I'm not going to say it again. And that is it. I hope you enjoy this episode, even though it was kind of gruesome and 
a lot, but it is interesting. I found out about this story on TikTok, so I'm glad that TikTok brought me here. Hopefully you are as well. Thanks so much for listening. This has been episode 53 of Scandal 101.